Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. I hate to break it to you, but the Lord keeps all who love him. So that means if you not if you are not obeying Jesus, if you are not obeying the Father, then you do not love him. Listen to this psalm. This is a psalm of David, right? Psalm 145. And we are going to read the whole thing as we pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we extol you for your goodness. David, King David, wrote this awesome, praiseworthy psalm that we find in Psalms 145. And so, Father, with the same praise and adoration and love that David has had, we praise you this day. I will exalt you, my God, O King, And with gratitude and submissive wonder, I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and lovingly praise you. Yes, with awe-inspired reverence, I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. And his greatness is so vast and profound as to be unsearchable, incomprehensible to man. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty and remarkable acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. People will speak of the power of your awesome acts and with gratitude 
and submissive wonder. I will tell of your greatness. They will overflow like a fountain when they speak of your great and abundant goodness and will sing joyfully of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works, the entirety of things created. All of your works shall give thanks to you and praise you, O Lord, and your godly ones will bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glorious majesty of your kingdom. Hallelujah. Your kingdom, Father, is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all those of his own who fall and raises up all those who are bow, bowed down. The eyes of all look to you in hopeful expectation and you give them their food in due time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is unwaver unwaveringly righteous in all his ways and gracious and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth without guile. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear and worship him with awe-inspired reverence and obedience. He will also hear their cry and will save them. The Lord keeps all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and all flesh will bless and gratefully, gratefully praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen, Father. We are so blessed that David had this psalm written down and that it has been recorded in your holy word. So we too can meditate on it. So we can extol you. Thank you, Father, for all you have done for us. We, we are so grateful for salvation. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for laying down your life for us so we don't face eternal punishment, so that we are 
freed from the bondage and slavery of sin. Thank you for reconciling us to the Father. Thank you that through repentance we shall receive salvation. There was absolutely nothing we could have done to earn such salvation. But when we put our faith and trust in you, when we repent, turn from the madness, from the the wicked ways in which we once walked and turn to you, we shall have eternal life. Thank you, Father, for doing this for us. Thank you that Jesus came to this world to save humanity. That when Jesus died on the cross, his shed blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat of God in heaven, making atonement for our sins, thereby reconciling us back to God. So, Father, with that being said, we shall live holy. We shall live consecrated lives. We shall live lives in gratitude for our salvation. Thank you for saving us. Thank you that we are no longer enemies of yours. No longer are we on our way to certain damnation. Thank you for doing this for us. Thank you so much. All praise, all glory go to the Most High God who took pity on humanity. And in your love, you demonstrated who you are. You are love. And you have made a way for sinners to be made right with you when they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Who paid, let us never forget this part, who paid our sin debt in full by laying down his life, taking on the punishment and the consequence for our transgressions so that we can be restored, so that we can be transformed. So this dead spirit on the inside of us may be born again, regenerated from above. Thank you for sending us Holy Spirit, gutting us out, training us how to be holy and righteous, pointing the way to Jesus, glorifying Jesus, bringing to our remembrance his teachings so that we can follow them without complaint, without trying to get around sin and still be holy. Heaven forbid. So Father, this day we lift up holy, clean hands and we give you reverence. We give you awe. We give you our lives, our submitted 
lies unto you. Bless your holy name. Hallowed be thy name. May your kingdom come, Lord. Lord Jesus, we await your coming. May we be found not wanting when you return. We look forward to the day of glorification of these lowly bodies. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Listen, I can go on and on. You you and I must get to a place, right, Holy Spirit, where we are just so joyful. We are, we are so grateful that we are no longer enemies of the cross. That we are no longer enemies of God. It's like once you get that understanding, putting away sin feels like nothing. It's like, get away from me. I am not looking to do anything that will bring shame upon me because I'm taking God's grace, his amazing grace as a license to sin. I'm telling you, when you meet the real Jesus Christ and you love him, not by words, but how you live your life abiding in him, not off doing your own thing, trying to hold on to Jesus and the world at the same time. Uh-uh. That, my hand is raised. It don't work like that. You you will be miserable. You want to know why? You can't serve two kingdoms. You can't serve the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God at the same time. And if you try, you will go absolutely crazy. Not to mention hell. <laughs> okay? So, when you meet the real Jesus Christ, he tells us in John 15... Because he was saying that he is the vine and that his followers are branches. So listen, listen to the words of the master. Starting in verse 1 of John 15. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, excuse me, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. Amen. You are already clean because of the word which I have given you, the teachings which I have discussed with you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith, unless you remain in me. Amen. Jesus says, I am the vine. You his disciples, his followers in the 21st century too, 
are the branches. Listen. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Verse 6. Listen. If anyone, okay, because right Holy Spirit, Jesus is making himself clear. The Lord Jesus Christ says, if anyone does not, does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies. And they gather such branches and throw them into the fire. So this completely debunks that damnable doctrine of once saved, always saved. Jesus is talking to his followers by saying, you are to remain in me. And if you don't remain in me, you will become like a withered, broken off branch, broken off from the vine, which is vital to your eternal existence. You get yourself broken off from Jesus by not abiding in him, by not remaining in him, and you off over there in sin somewhere, willful, blatant, deliberate, conscious sin, well, you will be like the rest of the broken off withered branches, bundled, Bundle for what? Not for eternity with him, you're not. He says, let's go back up to it. Here we go. Verse 6. He is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies. And such, and they gather such branches and throw them into the fire and they are burned. So what part of that? Is telling us we have eternal security even when we stop abiding in Jesus Christ. Somebody please make one saved, always saved sense to me when Jesus Christ, the one who actually went to the cross, died in your steed, and he was buried. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. So whose words are we going to trust? Are we going to trust the best dressed apostate wolf in sheep's clothing calling himself a preacher? Or are we going to trust the Messiah who said what he says and he means what he says? Look, verse 7. If you remain, now look, if is conditional. So I don't know why, I, I don't know why now because I fell for the big lie of eternal security also. But I don't know why we thought that salvation was final, meaning that you can't lose it. Like, there's nothing you can do. You can continue 
to be a harlot, a homosexual, a liar, a murderer, an adulterer. You can still be that way as long as you believe in Jesus. You still get to go to heaven. How is that even possible? Now that we are out of the madness, we are like, wait a minute, that don't even make no sense. God is holy and he has standards because if we get to go to heaven anyway, then what was the whole point of Christ stepping down from deity while on this epic mission? Laying down his life and suffering, going through all the persecution and the lies. Woo! Let us not even talk about the many lies and false accusations against him. And he kept his mouth shut, keeping the mission in focus to go to the cross. So that in the 21st century, we can still sleep around, smoke weed, do drugs, lie, steal, and cut up, and still get to go to heaven after all what Jesus has done for us, all of what heaven endured while God was dying on the cross. Listen, it's so right, Holy Spirit. It so affected heaven that the earth endured an earthquake. It went dark. The lights went out. When God in the person of Jesus Christ gave up the ghost. So this is serious business. We ain't got, I'm going to say it just like how I'm going to say it. We ain't got no business acting like a fool when Jesus Christ died and suffered in our place. And then we are going to act like we are not grateful. We better wake up. We, we the church, better wake up up. It's bad enough that when we go out here into these streets preaching to these unbelievers, who could care two flips about what we are trying to convey to them that God made a way for sinners to be made right with him when they put their faith and trust in Jesus and then going forward, walk in obedience because God sends us help, his Holy Spirit. So trying to hammer that into a stony heart and you will see what we are up against. And so we figure, <laughs> we figure coming around each other, we we know what's at stake. But then you got the brethren acting like they are good to go. No, we can all still get it. So listen, getting back over here to what Jesus was saying. Look, verse 7 of John 15. If, because that's... That's how I got off on this bunny trail. If is conditional. 
if you remain in me, meaning if you don't, then something else is going to transpire. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse 8, my father is glorified and honored by this. When you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples. Amen. Folks, I hate to keep breaking this to you. Your willful, sinful acts do not bring glory to God. Nope. No, it does not. And you can't even make it make sense when Jesus said, my father is glorified and honored when you bear much fruit. Fruit of what? Righteousness, holiness, proving, proving yourselves to be his disciples. Because let me assure you, Jesus' disciples do not play in sin. Nope. Not the real Jesus Christ, because see, now we got a whole nother issue. Because what's coming out of the modern church today is not the real Jesus Christ. What's coming out is a false Christ who is tolerant of sin, who is tolerant, uh, tolerant of false doctrines. Mm-hmm. As long as you want your ears tickled, as long as you want to be spoon-fed, twisted scriptures, you are not going to make it into heaven. This life we live causes us to crucify the flesh. All of us. That means you too, beloved. You must pick up your cross that device of your of your execution and follow Jesus in all of his ways in all of his commandments during persecution opposition tests trials trials and temptations mhm and even death, if need be. That's why, right, 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 Holy Spirit, the Lord says, count the cost before you come and follow me. Because he also tells us that the narrow way, it is so hard. It's so hard because you got to keep that flesh under. You got to remain in faith. You have to endure all that comes your way that tries to pull you from Christ. So that's why he says many. No, no, no. No, he said few will find that path that leads to life. Because for the most part, people don't want to give up 
all of their sin. Yeah, some people want to hold on to, as they say, little sin. Folks, listen, wake up. There is no such thing as little sin. Well, I still like to wear these tight yoga pants. It don't it don't take all of that. Jesus knows my heart and that's and that's your problem. He knows exactly what's in that heart because he knows the body he gave you is banging. So when you put on tight fitting clothing that accentuate your body parts and you know what that backside, you know what you are working with. And when you go out from your private abode out into the public, you you are now a stumbling block. You talking about, well, I should be able to wear what I want to wear. Well, that speaks to what spirit is really living on the inside of you. Because if you love God and you and you love people and you love your brethren as you love yourself, you ain't trying to cause anyone to stumble. That's selfishness. If you think, and this is for the men and the women, because the men be playing games too with all of those tight muscle shirts, all of those guns and, and tattoos just popping out that the poor shirt can't even control, contain, and restrain all those muscles just rippling every which way. So y'all need to cover it up as well. And you become a stumbling block because Jesus said that if a man, and this applies to women also, if you look upon a man or a woman with lust in your heart, well, you commit adultery. And the Bible is clear, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, no fornicator, no adulterer will inherit God's kingdom. Listen, Every follower of Jesus better know what sins will keep us out of heaven. Read first study. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 12. Study Revelation 21, 8. Study Galatians chapter 5. Study Mark 7, 20 to 24. Study 2 Peter 2, chapter 2. Listen, uh, I can go on and on. We must know the works of the flesh and those things that will keep us out of heaven. Because if you are practicing willfully in any of those areas, you are not abiding in Jesus Christ. And back over here to John 15. And this is what he is telling us. Listen. I'm going to go verse 8, right? I believe that's where we left off. My father is glorified and honored by this. When you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples. I have loved you just as the father has loved me. Remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. Here we go with another condition. 
verse 10. If, if you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. Because listen, let us not forget what Jesus has commanded in verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another, just as I have loved you. So, beloved, if we are doing anything that will cause our brethren to stumble, then you are in violation of this scripture, this commandment, that we are to love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. So you parading around in your yoga pants, in your in your tight blue jeans, all cut up. You parading around in these tight fitting shirts with all the breasts hanging out, all of the muscles and the pecs hanging out on full display. You are causing your brethren to stumble. They will they will look upon that vessel. And go, hmm, if only I can get with them. And then, because maybe they too are struggling with sexual sin. And then here you come parading around, fixing your face about how you should be able to dress how you want. If they want to look upon me, then they, then I can't even get it out because it's it's so disturbing to even not even care that you are by default sending someone to hell talking about, well, then they should be able to control themselves. How come I got to cover up? Because you claim to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why. That's why. Folks, listen. I'm coming to you as your sister in Christ, the brethren. We have to make sure that the world, Egypt, is not in us. Because if we are trying to hold on to all of our devices of wickedness that we once yielded when we were enemies of God, those devices don't work over here in this kingdom. It, it, is all, it is all about sacrifice. It is all about obedience. And it is all about love. Take yourself out of the equation. Jesus tells us over here in verse 18 of John 15. This is the disciples and that includes us, relation to the world. Jesus is, is, is giving us this golden nugget in verse 18. If the world hates you, and it does, 
I, for some reason, it's like I love that part because that tells us do not be mistaken, right? If the world hates you, and it does, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you belonged to the world, the world would love you just as its own and would treat you with affection. So that's clue number one. If this world is loving you and you claim to come in Jesus' name, which is all about repentance or perishing, and they love you anyway, then you are not preaching salvation. You are not preaching the real gospel. You want to know why? The Listen, on the back end, the world hates Jesus. He just told us. They, they hated him without a cause. So if the world hates you because it does, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Because he, he's telling us, if you belong to the world, the world would love you as its own and would treat you with great affection. But he's telling you, you are not of the world. You no longer belong to it. So you can take off them yoga pants. You can stop smoking them cigarettes. My brothers, please cover up them pecs. You got to stop sleeping around. You got to stop lying. You must forgive. You must put away the anger. You must put away the rage. We are not part of the world any longer. He says, but you are not of the world. You no longer belong to it, but I have chosen you out of the world. And because of this, the world hates you. Rem Listen to the words of Jesus. This is why we must stay in the Gospels. Remember and continue to remember that I told you a servant is not greater than his master. So the Lord is saying if the world hated him, they are going to hate you too. And if the world doesn't hate you, then something's up. Especially if you claim you are a follower, a true follower of Jesus, and this world loves you, then what Jesus are you promoting? Are you promoting that, that feel-good Jesus that, that tells people you can live your best life now and then you write books about it? What Jesus are you proclaiming that this wicked, satanic, Christ-rejecting, God-denying, godless, profane world what Jesus are you demonstrating to them that they love you anyway? And you say you come in the name of Jesus and this world, <laughs> this satanic world loves you anyway. Well, listen, I can assure you, you are not preaching and promoting the real Jesus Christ. Because the real Jesus Christ, this fallen world hates him. You ain't greater than your master. If you are preaching the real Jesus Christ, guess what, beloved? Be prepared. 
This world is going to hate you. Why? I ain't do anything. I'm just trying to preach the gospel. Exactly. You are preaching the right gospel. That's why all of this is coming against you. All the persecution, all of the separation, all of the hate, all of the misunderstandings. You're doing something right. You're doing something right. Because they are supposed to hate you. You ain't greater than your master. If they hated Jesus, wake up. Wake up and recognize you're going to be hated too. And listen, take it all in stride. Listen, do not take it personal. It's one thing if the Lord did not prepare us for such persecution and hatred. But the fact that he did and we are blessed. We are blessed when people wrongly accuse us, especially when we come in in Jesus' name, telling them they must repent. Otherwise, you are going to perish. You are not going to be met with open arms for the most part. When you tell people, when you call them out in their wickedness and tell them you're going to hell if you don't stop it, come to Christ so your past sins can be forgiven so that God's just wrath will no longer be on your back and that you can actually live a life of peace, eternal life now and enjoy it for eternity. Either you go by the way of of the grave or Jesus Christ comes back before then. Either way, living a life of peace is so joyful and stress-free. My hand is raised. Folks, I'm telling you what I know. When I was serving a fake Jesus, I was suicidal. I was, I was angry. I was depressed. I had two adulterous remarriages, didn't even know it, didn't even even have a clue that just on that alone, not to mention all the other mess, but just on that alone, I was on my way straight to a burning hell. Why? Because I had a living covenant partner still alive. Husband number one was still in the earth, breathing, living. Apparently his best life, right? And here I am wanting another bite at the marital apple. Drove me crazy. People, (laughs) folks, I can assure you, living a life not abiding in Jesus is horrendous. You will never have true peace You always feel guilty because you know you are not living up to God's holy standard. You may even doubt, are you saved or not? So back over here, because then we are going to real quick go over to 1 John 3. Jesus says, I'm going to take it back at verse 19 because I'll be forgetting where I left off. Right. If you belong to the world and the world 
would love you as its own and would treat you with affection, but you are not of the world. You no longer belong to it, but I have chosen you out of the world. And because of this, the world hates you. Remember and continue to remember verse 20 that I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Lord, you are right. They will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours also. Amen. But they will do all these hurtful things to you for my name's sake because you bear my name and are identified with me. For they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have the guilt of their sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Amen. That's it. Listen, verse 23. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done among them the works attesting miracles, which no one else ever did. No one else ever did. Folks, before Jesus came in the body of a man to walk this earth as God, no one has ever cast out a demon. No one has ever healed the sick. No one has ever brought a dead man stinking in his tomb back to life. So on those facts alone, people should have said, that's the Messiah. You want to know why? Because no one has ever done these things. This must be God. But oh, no, 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 no. Mm -mm, they didn't believe it. So he says, right, which no one else ever did. They would not have the guilt of their sin. But now the fact is that they have both seen these works and have hated me and continue to hate me and my father as well. Mm -mm -mm. But this is so. Okay. Verse 25, listen, this was not a surprise to Jesus, not at all. Nope. He knew it was coming, mainly because he's God. And he tells us in verse 25, but this is so that the word which has been written in their law would be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. Mm-hmm. But... When the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth, who comes from the Father, he will testify and bear witness about me. But you will testify also. Amen. Folks, that's what I'm doing on this podcast. I am testifying to the goodness and the mercy of God that he sent Jesus to save us. 
Amen. But you will testify also and be my witnesses because you have been with me from the beginning. Amen. Beloved, you all do know that Christ is our advocate, right? And that if if anyone sins, we have an advocate who will intercede for us with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, the upright, the just one, who conforms to the Father's will in every way, purpose, thought, and action. I'm reading from 1 John 2. Before we head over to chapter 3, I just wanted to swing by this amazing truth. And he, verse 2 of 1 John 2, and he, that same Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins, the atoning sacrifice that holds back the wrath of God that would otherwise be directed at us because of our sinful nature, our worldliness, our lifestyle, and not for ours alone, but also for the sins of all believers throughout the whole world. Amen. This is why we are so grateful and we live lives based on this fact that Christ died for us, that no longer, because otherwise, God's wrath would be directed at us because of our sinful nature. And this changes your whole perspective about how you live your life. Folks, there should be a difference in your life. It should be a before you came to Christ and an after. The after should not in no way look like the before. It should be completely different. I can tell you what the problem is. You have not turned from all sin. That's why you are still depressed. You got yourself on your mind. You are still dealing with people who hate Jesus, trying to make relationships with them. It's one thing if you are married to an unbeliever. The Bible tells us what to do with that. But I'm talking about if you are single and you are still trying to date and you are still sleeping with people and you are inviting these godless, profane people into your life. The Bible is true. Bad company will corrupt your good morals. Do not be deceived. If you are serious about your salvation and you are serious about getting up out of here in one piece and meeting Jesus face to face, you cannot be in partnership, businessship, relationship with anyone who hates Jesus Christ. And if they claim Jesus, look at the fruit. Are they living a life of righteousness? Because everybody claims to be a Christian. Everybody claims, well, I go to church every day. I read the Bible. And yet on the back end, they still watching porn. They, they still masturbating to the porn. 
They still hate their parents. They still holding on to grudges. And you are watching all of this. This is not someone you, you need in your life. But if you despise wisdom, my hand is raised. Don't let me. Folks, I could spend 10 hours giving you blow by blow account of the many times I despised and rejected wisdom. Could have saved me a whole lot of time. So when you reject wisdom, wisdom say have nothing to do with the angry man. And that goes for a woman too. Do not be partners with anyone who practice evil. And you think, well, I can change them. No, you cannot. It works the other way. Nowhere. <laughs> it doesn't say that your good morals will will stop a person from being evil. Now, on the other hand, by your demonstration of righteous living, that may give a person some food for thought. Like, hmm, let me ask them, why are they so peaceful? And then that's an opportunity, right, to share the gospel. But the Lord wrote the statement through Paul that told us, don't be deceived. Bad company will corrupt your good morals. We are told to do not be yoked up. That means tied up, bonded with, tethered to an unbeliever. They will cause you sooner than you can convert them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Before you can convert them, they will corrupt your good morals. And the next thing you know, you are back in the sheets with them. That's how that works. Yeah, so this can save us a lot of time, trouble, heartache, not to mention being put back on the road to hell. I keep telling you all, no one, nothing, no place, nobody is worth you losing your salvation. And yes, for the 100th time, you can lose it. Christ Jesus just told us how you can lose it by not remaining in him. You listen, it's my bell. You are not abiding in Jesus if you are still living with your boyfriend, your girlfriend. You are not abiding in Jesus when you are still smoking weed, when you are still stealing from your job. You still don't know how to cover up that body. All you do is lie. You are very deceptive. You keep playing these mind games with people, deceiving them. You, you ain't living right. So what you go to church? So what you have the Bible app on your phone? Are you doing what's in the Bible app? Well, Jesus knows my heart. He knows I'm trying. You ain't trying. You ain't trying. That's just a cop-out. An excuse that you think will buy you more time. But for the fact, none of us knows the day of appointment with death. What if your day of appointment comes and you are in the sheets still sleeping with your fiance? Y'all ain't married. 
That's fornication. What if you just drop dead of a heart attack because of, of all of that sensual pleasure? Hmm? And you die and go to hell. So now we need to come out from amongst this world, stop sinning, and live a life of holiness. Do I need? Hmm? Do I need to turn us over here to Revelation 20, 12 about the books? Because see, I have to keep reminding all of us, myself included, that all we do, say, and think in action is being recorded in the books of our lives, whether they be good or evil, and we will be judged out of those things written in the books. Mm-hmm. So, over here. What I say? First John? Yep. First John 2. Because... Verse 3, that's where we left off. And closing, because I'm, I'm going to get to chapter 3. And, but verse 3 first. And this is how, okay. Because we can put away lip service. We can put away deceit and just being, living in deception. You ain't living in Christ and you are in willful sin. No. And this is how we know daily by by experience that we have come to know him, to understand him and be more deeply acquainted with him. Here we go cuz there's a colon. Where you find a colon is either going to give you a list of ingredients, instructions or what have you or it's going to tell you the purpose of something. And here it is. If, here we go. You know what? I love Holy Spirit so much. Because he constantly reminds us that we don't got this in the bag. Listen, this is yet another proof text that tells us there is no such Thing as once you are saved, you are always saved because that speaks to, well, I can live my life any kind of way and still go to heaven. No, no, mm -mm. it sounds good. It sounds like a way out, like you can have your cake and eat it too. Listen, I can assure you many, many are in hell right now behind that false doctrine. So, we we have come to know him, to understand him, and be more deeply acquainted with him if, if we habitually keep focused on his precepts and obey his commandments, his teachings. Whoever says, I have come to know him, but does not habitually keep focus on his precepts and obey his commandments his teachings is a liar that's the liar folks not the one who answers the question for the umpteenth time by the false brethren who by the way is steeped in unconfessed sin but because of that damnable one saved always saved <laughs> 
and and it's kissing cousin cousin that your past present and future sins have all been rolled up and nailed on the cross rolled up into one big ball and that no matter what you do you don't have to repent for what God got you covered, even according to that false nonsense, that your future sins, your future sins have been forgiven for all time. So you just got a a blank check to do what you want. Now, no, you better come over here and read this because you need to be woken up. Whoever says, right. Because I was saying, the liar is not the one who is living a righteous, holy, consecrated life unto God. Who understands the consequence of sin is the lake of fire. Because we got the memo, God ain't playing with that lake of fire. And he does not take exception to anyone trampling over the precious shed blood of Jesus Christ. We got that memo. So now, now we are not sinners. And if you keep claiming that, then speak for yourself. Then you need to stop sinning. Because John is telling us, the one, right, whoever says I have come to know him. Talking about Jew false brethren. Because that's what you claiming. You know Jesus. But. Does not habitually. Habitually keep. Keep focus on his precepts. And, and obey his commandments. His teachings. Teachings is a liar. And the truth of the divine word. Is not in him. Mm-hmm. So we see who's the liar is the one who claims I have come to know Christ, but does not habitually keep and obey his commandments. Well, that's a liar because they love to say, if you say you don't have sin, then you are a liar. Well, that's a twisting of the scripture. John just explained to us. In absolute clarity, who the liar is. Again, it's the one who claims they know Christ, having fellowship with the Father, but are not obeying his teachings and commandments. Yeah. Yeah. Enough said. Because then he tells us, in verse 5, but whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts and treasures, treasures his message in its entirety, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. It is completed and has reached maturity by this we know for certain that we are in him and here's another colon whoever says he lives in Christ that is whoever says he has accepted him as God and Savior ought as a moral obligation to walk 
and conduct himself just as he walked and conducted himself. Amen. Folks, I love the word of God. You want to know why? It put a stop to the nonsense. It put a stop to the nonsense. No longer do we have to indulge the the rantings of those who want to be in Christ, who wants all the the promises and blessings that come along with being a follower of Jesus in the hereafter. But you got to get your life straight now. John just told, I'm going to read it again. I'm going to read it again. Okay, I'm going to read it again. So we can so we can all stop the madness. Listen, where is it? Ah, verse 6. Whoever says he lives in Christ, that is whoever says he has accepted him as God and Savior, ought as a moral obligation. A moral obligation to what? For the fact that Christ took your punishment for you so that you now stand in a different position in front of holy God. No longer are you a damnable sinner on your way straight to a burning hell. But for the grace and mercy and love of God sent us a savior. So out of moral obligation to Jesus Christ who willingly endured and suffered on the cross that obligation to walk and conduct yourself as he walked and conducted himself. Listen, I just saw something I wanted to read. Is it? Where's here? The one? Right. Okay. Verse 9. The one who says he is in the light, capital L. Is in the light and consistent fellowship with Christ and yet habitually hates works against his brother in Christ is in the darkness unto now. The one who loves and unselfishly seeks the best for his believing brother lives in the light. Capital L. Jesus Christ and in him there is no occasion for stumbling or offense. He does not hurt the cause of Christ or lead others to sin. Amen. And this is what we were just talking about, right? Being a stumbling block before our brethren. Talking about, well, that's his problem. Well, that's her problem. If they can't stop lusting after me, what kind of brother in Christ, sister in Christ are you that you don't even care enough to cover up that body so that your your, your fellow follower won't fall into the sin of adultery because you idolize your body? A lot of us ain't going to make it. Nope. No, a lot of us ain't going to make it. So, let us. Oh, we got to come down to verse 15 of John 2, of of 1 John 2. We got to, because this is all about loving the world. And this is all about you wanting to remain in the world and in Jesus at the same time. Folks, scripture is unanimous. 
God the Father is not going to share his glory with no one. And that includes you who want to be a part of this kingdom and of the world, Egypt. No, we are commanded, do not love the world of sin that opposes God and his precepts, nor the things that are in the world. If any... If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust and sensual craving of the flesh, and the lust and longing of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, pretentious confidence in one's resources or in the stability of earthly things, these do not come from the Father, but are from the world. The world, beloved, wake up, is passing away, and with it, its lust. The shameful pursuits and ungodly longings, but the one who does the will of God and carries out his purposes lives forever. Folks, listen. It is the last hour, the end of this age. Just as you heard that the Antichrist is coming, the one who will oppose Christ and attempt to replace him, even now many Antichrists, false teachers, have appeared, which confirms our belief that this is the last hour. Amen. And that's verse 18. So, let us, let us come over here to chapter 3. Because we consistently need to put an end to the madness. You cannot claim to be in Christ, to have fellowship with the Father, and you are in willful, habitual sin. 1 John 3. If we, if we come down to verse 6, no one, no one who abides in him, who remains united in fellowship with him, because recall, the Lord was telling us in John 15, right, that if we remain in him, if we abide in him, and that how we must not have this broken fellowship with him. Otherwise, we will be broken off from the vine and we will become weathered branches, a dead branch without the life-given supplement from the vine in order to have eternal life. You come out from that fellowship, that, that, that vital uniting with Christ, then you are on your own. You're on your own. Without him, we can do nothing. Most, most assuredly, we will not have eternal life. If you are practicing in willful sin, you ain't getting in. So, over here, verse 6 of 1 John 3. No one who abides, remains, united in fellowship with him, deliberately, Listen, no one who abides in Jesus Christ deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. 
That's it. So you can argue with John and with Jesus and the Father, explain it to them how it's impossible to stop sinning. When Jesus says it's possible, because he said, go, come, and sin no more, the Father says it's possible because he says, be holy, for I am holy. Even his apostle, John, is saying, sin not, because the one who abides in Jesus, guess what? They cannot habitually, deliberately practice sin. No one who habitually sins has seen him or known him. Well, that's your problem right there. You don't know the real Jesus Christ. Yes, I do. So then why are you still sinning? Why are you still smoking? Why are you still living a godless lifestyle? Why? Why? And these are the questions you need to ask yourself. Why are you still doing this? And you claim to be a follower of Jesus for the past 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. Why are you still sinning? It's because John tells you why. Because you have not seen him, nor do you know him. The real Jesus. Not the prosperity Jesus. Not the Christmas Jesus. Not the tolerant Jesus. This Jesus here. That when you meet him, you cannot go on sinning. Listen. Little children, verse 7, believers, dear ones, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who practices righteousness, the one who strives to live, this is us right here. Verse 7 is talking about us to the glory of God. The one who practices righteousness, the one who strives to live a consistently honorable life in private as well as in public and to conform to God's precepts. Folks, we we are not trying to find loopholes. We ain't trying to defend the sin in our lives. We ain't doing that. We are striving to live holy. So what does that realistically looks like? We put the flesh under every day. We say no to temptation. We tell the people who will lead us away from Christ, bye-bye. That's how real it gets. You say no to sin. You don't give the devil an opportunity to come into your life. You don't open certain doors. You have to understand you are being saved. So we don't buck up against the Holy Spirit. We stop hanging around places that will entice us to give into the flesh. We stop watching stuff. We stop listening to stuff. We stop reading stuff. We stop indulging in those things that will cause us to sin. Willful sin. John goes on to say, the one who strives to live a consistently honorable life in private as well as in public and to conform to God's precepts is righteous just as he is righteous. So 
for all the naysayers about how it's impossible to stop living. I mean, uh, <laughs> to stop living, to stop sinning. Are you striving to live a consistently honorable life? Because that's what you need to be focused on rather than trying to get us to agree with your madness about it's impossible. No, it's not. No, not when you are doing what John is saying. The one striving. Are you striving? Well, I'm trying. No. Thank you, Holy Spirit. John did not say the one who is trying to live a consistently honorable life. Because striving is all about fighting vigorously. Mm-hmm. Striving against evil. Resisting the devil. Submitting yourself unto God. It's not about a weak trying, quote unquote, method. Because you're not trying at all. That's an immature excuse. Because that's what it is. Excuses. Excuses. This is all about laboring, toiling, struggling. Because we know it is a war. It's a war going on. That flesh man wants to be resurrected. But the Holy Spirit and your regenerated spirit is constantly at war with the flesh. So are you beating your flesh like a boxer will fight? Are you you striving consistently to enter the kingdom of God? Are you really battling? Are you combating? Are you at war? Are you fighting? Because it's not about, well, I'm trying. No, 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 no. That's not trying. He said to strive. So if we come down to verse eight, and I'm going to let y'all go after this. The one because we over here in 1 John 3, verse 8. The one who practices sin, separating himself from God and offering and, no, I'm sorry, and offending him by acts of disobedience, indifference, or rebellion is of the devil. Mm-hmm. And takes his inner character and moral values from him, not God. For the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil, which is sin. Amen. Listen, verse 9 tells the whole story it tells the whole story no one no one who is born of God deliberately knowingly and habitually practices sin why because God's seed his principle of life the essence of his righteous character remains permanently in him who is born again? 
who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. And he who is born again cannot. He who is born again cannot. He who is born again cannot habitually live a life characterized by sin. It ain't possible, folks. If God's righteous character lives on the inside of you, permanently abiding in you, who is born again cannot habitually live a life that is characterized by willful, blatant, deliberate, conscious, settled sin. Why? Because he is born of God, that's why, and longs to please him, that's why. That's why we can say no to the question, you mean to tell me you don't sin? No. No, you want to know why? I long to please God, whom I know ain't playing with that lake of fire. And you should too. Instead of sitting up over here, making excuses, trying to drag us into your madness. No. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. Here we go with another colon. Anyone who does not practice righteousness, who does not seek God's will and thought, action, and purpose is not, is not, capital N, capital O, capital No Way Jose, is of God, nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brother. Yeah, I get hot and heated. Amen. Because folks, when you meet the real Jesus, he said that he will reveal himself to the one who loves him. Not the one who gives lip service, but actually striving to live a life that is not characterized by sin. Because we, we long to please the Father. Who had done who had done something so awesome for us, saving our wretched, lying, disgusting soul, who was on its way straight to a burning hell. So no, uh-uh, not anymore. Not anymore. Are we going to be playing around with our salvation? Mm-mm. I'm a witness. I'm a witness trying to live for the world and my flesh and still be spiritual, believing once saved, always saved. Everything about that damnable prosperity gospel, I was on board. You want to know why? It was comforting to know that I don't have to stop sinning. All I needed to do to get God's favor and blessing was to send him some money through the wolf. I didn't know he was a wolf. I thought he was a man of God who who is giving us sound wisdom and five steps to the keys of financial success through God. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. 
ain't buying that lie anymore. And I'm so grateful for God that he sent across my path a ministry that preached repentance. That if you don't stop it, you ain't going to make it. Yeah, that turned the lights on for me. And Galatians 2.20, that tells us, Hello, I have been crucified with Christ. I, that old man, all that selfish ambition, all that living in the flesh was crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. Christ Jesus lives on the inside of me. Therefore, this life, this born again, grateful life that I live in this body, I'm going to live it by faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who loved me and gave himself up for me. So no, we are not going to live a life in willful sin. First of all, first of all, it ain't possible. Nope. Not when you have God living on the inside of you with all of his holiness. Think about it. All of his righteousness, the whole kingdom of God, including Holy Spirit, is living on the inside of you. Not to mention the death, burial, and resurrection life of Christ is living on the inside of you. And you mean to tell me you can go on habitually sinning? Ain't possible. John just told us. And he wrote this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit teaches is not a lie. So who are you going to believe? The one from the peanut gallery who who is trying to get us on board with the madness or Holy Spirit? I take Holy Spirit for 200, Alex. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, Thank you that we have your word that will wake us up to the reality of the situation. We put away sin. We ain't looking to sin. All we are doing is looking to please you, bring you glory, worship you. You tell us how to live and we do that. No longer are we disobedient children. No longer are we wrangling and and wrestling with Holy Spirit. We take the boxing gloves off and sit and learn how to be holy. Learning the teachings of Jesus Christ, adhering to those commandments and doing them. Remaining in Jesus, not breaking fellowship, not trying to make excuses for sin, but to live a holy consecrated life because come to find out it is doable and and pleasurable the peace of living a holy life in Christ being guided and led by the Holy Spirit Father I don't even have words that can sufficiently convey how peaceful life is it is serene. Sometimes it 
It's like it's surreal that I'm actually living this way and enjoying it because I don't know, maybe somewhere in the back of our corrupted minds, we thought living holy was boring. You can't have no fun. You can't go anywhere. You can't dress the way you want. No, no. Father, I can't speak for the rest of your children, but I needed guardrails. <laughs> Father, you know I needed boundaries. I needed restraint because I was just off the charts claiming Christ. I was deceived. That is why I will always proclaim the goodness and the mercy and the loving kindness of God in his patience and forbearance saved me. So all I want to do is turn around and preach this to the lost and to the brethren that we got to wake up. We got to put away the sin and live holy. And that's that. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. All right, folks, listen, I'm going to let you go. My time has completely run out. Yeah, there. Uh, I'm going to give you some back into the world of podcasting. Certain platforms only give you a certain amount of minutes to upload. Otherwise, you got to go through this rigorous process of compressing the file uploading it on one app, download it on the next and upload it It, it is a mess. So I got to go. Listen, be holy, live clean, consider all your ways you take before the Lord. All of this is being written down. Let your account be holy and righteous when you stand before Jesus at the beamer seat of Christ to receive reward for your faithful, enduring service as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ when you were in your body suit. Amen. Amen. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Bad companies. Company will always, beloved, corrupt your good morals. Don't be deceived. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.